Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers. And with me, as always, he's here, the Macho Mandrew. His, light, light, his light has just started <laughs> flickering in like a real poltergeist in real life situation. So I wish this uh, was a visual medium. <laughs> I might just uh, get the pukies from your light situation here very shortly. I'll, I'll turn it off. Uh, Andrew Lano, currently haunted. <laughs> Yeah. That's my lower third, like I'm on the news. Yes. Uh, we watched Poltergeist, which is celebrating its 40th anniversary, so you know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your headstones! You only move the headstones! When the mega powers explode! I'm talking about the 80s. Oh, yeah. Great Scott! Cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. Mega powers, yeah! When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Yeah, this movie, we could, well, we'll get into it, we get into it, but that, the, the fake out ending of this movie always leaves the wrong taste in my mouth. This yeah, is my so first time, right? What, my first time watching. Okay. But like I've through this cultural zeitgeist, I know the big beats and like the yeah. the fun facts as like a movie nerd, and yeah. so like we got to the, my boyfriend was watching it with me, and we get to the point where Zelda says his house is clean, and I was like, I was like, is the clown thing in the second movie? Like mm-hmm. that seems weird that the the sequel would have such an iconic thing. And Jack was like, Yeah, I don't know. And he like he couldn't remember. And then I was like, Wait, there's also supposed to be real skeletons in the pool. There yeah. are 15 minutes left in this movie. Are they about to jam pack? Like <laughs> they were like, this is the, the, the Disney fireworks finale of movie yes, finales. Basically. Yes. Essentially. Yes, exactly. That it's a good way to put it. Uh, yeah. And the other thing is like, everybody remembers it was like an Indian burial ground, which I think might be true in the sequel, but is definitely not true here. No, I, I may. I think it's probably because it's a, it's a joke. It's not an Indian, uh, like, because Mr. Teague says, it's not like it's an in, an, like an ancient native burial ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just, you know, people. Regular yeah. old people. Yeah. Uh, we start off with your classic uh, before our time. National I didn't anthem. know it started with this. Cause, oh, okay. Because I, I knew that the, like, the end of the broadcast day was, like, a key element of this movie, which is why I'm curious to see the sequel or, like, the remake yeah. that was, like, five years old or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it kind of uh, blipped I, and I, I never happened. Saw it. And yeah. yeah, was it okay? I never saw it, but I know. Oh, you never? I, saw no, it. I said I never saw it. Yeah, yeah, I never saw it. Uh, I um, liked this one quite a bit, so I it would ha- I had no reason to go back. Yeah, I I really enjoyed this, um, but I I didn't know it opened because I heard the Star Spangled Banner and I was like, is this open with the end of the bro-? like? Oh, do we really we waste crazy. no time in this movie? Yeah, really crazy. Yeah, she's already talking to the TV. I also forgot how strobe light effect this movie is. And I don't know if it was just like today and is, is a bad day for me, but strobe lights can sometimes make me queasy. And I had to like close my eyes and put my hand over them for a little bit, a couple times during this movie because I was getting full full on queasy from it. It made really cool movement quality for like when Caroline yes. Clouds is like crawling down the bed because strobe lights just, you know, have that effect as yeah, you move. Sure. Which I was like, oh, I wonder if that was like in obviously it's intentional. But like, if they were like, if we make it stroby from the the static, it will make the movement. Like, if that was all conscious, or if they were like, oh, yeah. it, it does the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and then, uh, you know, of course, you get Steven Spielberg with a big, big name in the credits and also Toby Hooper. Depending on who you ask, Spielberg may have directed a significant portion of this movie. Some people say it's Toby. Some people say it's Steven. It really depends on who you ask. My yeah. assumption is it was like somewhat collaborative with like obviously the much more famous director getting a little bit more sway on some of the decisions. There are some shots in this movie that are undeniably Spielberg shots and edits. Oh, for sure. Spielberg edits. So obviously, you know, his fingerprints are all over this, even if Toby did do some of the directing. And there are parts of it that I that do feel more like Toby Hooper. The ones where it leans more Evil Dead-y, I feel like feels a little yeah, more... Yeah, when Toby. it feels a little grittier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's interesting watching this. I've seen it once or twice before, but I feel like Ghostbusters owes this movie a lot, which I hadn't really put together until watching it this time. I and, see that. And, and on the other side, I feel like this movie pulled a little from Evil Dead for sure. For sure. I really like the music in this movie. Um, really good Jerry Goldsmith score all throughout. Yeah, the because the the creepy like TV ghost music that sort of plays every time they're talking to the TV. Mm-hmm. It's just very unsettling. Yes, it is. And then there's the sort of discordant horns that happen later. That like it doesn't sound like music. Like it doesn't sound like it, it's not a tune or a melody you can hum along with. Right, right. Uh, it's just it's yeah. very well done. Yeah, it's it's really like atonal, I think is the the, the term for the thing you're yes. describing there. Um, really, really great stuff. Um, we get a nice, very Spielbergian bit of business here with like the two neighbors have the same TV and the remotes are interfering with each other, which I thought was a good bit of business to start out with. It's so interesting that this movie doesn't open with idyllic suburbia. Right. Well, you it, get her, opens, you get, it, it opens creepy and then shows, yeah. and I was like, normally it's the other way. Right, it's like the rotting underbelly. Uh, do you watch Brooklyn Nine Nine at all, or have you seen it at all? I've seen like maybe an episode's worth of content. Okay. Do you know Hitchcock and Scully, the two like older, heavier goofball cops that are just like hanging around? I like know that they exist, but I know nothing okay. about them. The actor who plays Hitchcock is the one who comes into the house carrying all the beers and then drops them, and they're spraying beer all over the place. He's obviously he doesn't drop them. A, ki- a shitty kids make him fall and drop the that's beers. True. That's true. That's true. I would have beat that's those true. fucking kids. <laughs> you know, yeah, you probably shouldn't beat children in general. Not a wise choice. Um, well, kids so, shouldn't be making me drop the beer that I'm I mean, biking this is with. Fair. I'm it's doing fair an impressive thing by biking got- <laughs> with a case of beer. <laughs> You got to yell at the parents in this situation. Um, so th- the there's like a bunch of things going on. The bird has died and the mom is trying to flush it down the toilet and Carol Ann catches her. But like flushing a bird down the toilet is a ludicrous choice. <laughs> like that's the worst well, way to get rid of this bird. I think most small pets get flushed like that. We just weren't a pet know. family. Yeah, I, I would be surprised if people are flushing birds and lizards. That seems like a bonkers way to do it. Like... <laughs> I, look, maybe putting them in the trash is too unceremonious and too, having the funerals too ridiculous, but like flushing down the toilet, is, it's like, you're going to clog that toilet. Then you got you to gotta have a plumber come over and he's like, here's your problem. There's a bird in your toilet. <laughs> like you don't need I mean, this. I think a small, I think that bird's small enough to go through the toilet. I mean, the, the, the pipe on the bottom of the toilet is like not that big. The mm. hole in the ground is big, but like the toilet itself, you can, you can back that thing up with a bird. I feel I'm not a plumbing expert as you might imagine. Yeah. I also like that the it's basically one of the cave canaries. It's acting oh, right. like the cave canary for this. That's a great point. I'd never put that together ever, and you're exactly right. It's the canary in the coal mine for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a very good observation. Uh, also, there's an awesome. I will tree say, in the backyard. Oh yeah, the the, the gnarled looking yeah, haunted yeah, mansion beautiful. tree. It's very clearly carved, so be safe to climb. Sorry, you were about to say something. 
Uh, Carol Ann reminds me of the kids in Village of the Damned. Oh, she totally does. That snow white hair. That like snow white hair and a yeah, very like yeah. round angelic face that's a little creepy, yes. but like I think not she's an fully. incredibly cute kid. Like well casted in that regard. Oh, she's very adorable. Oh my god, this this cherubic child is not I guess cherubic's the wrong word, but this angelic little child, she's about to go. Apparently, uh he wanted this uh, I don't know if we talked about this during ET, but uh Drew Barrymore auditioned for this role. Oh. And or like wanted this role and they were like She might be too sympathetic. Yeah, I don't think she's the right energy, but so he put her in E.T. instead. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that was the thing. He couldn't do this movie on E.T. because of the schedules, but then he essentially did both movies anyway. He was on set of this every day. E.T. got pushed or something, I think? No, no. I, yeah, I, maybe that was it, or you know, maybe it was like a slight delay, but yeah, he uh, he essentially made both the movies anyway. So it's bedtime. We, uh, we're putting the kids to bed. There's a nightmare clown. In the Is the clown a real thing? Like, is it, do you think, do you think they like made it for the movie or is it like a real toy off the shelf product? Nothing seems off the shelf except the, except for all the star Wars at reasonable prices, star Wars, star Wars, star Wars. That's that's true. That's true. And, uh, if you're paying attention, the empire strikes back will be out in just one year. Oh, really? Right. 81, 77, 81, 83, I think is the, the star Wars movies. I think that's true. Somebody out there can tell me if I'm wrong on Twitter. No one ever talks about Star Wars angrily on Twitter. I'm sure this will be fine. Uh, so it's, it's you know, it's nighttime. We're putting the kids to bed. Um, the spooky tree is outside the window. Yes, yes. And then mom and dad, the good little Reaganites, are having their casual after the kids go to bed joint, which I it is, always And it's like judgment-free casual. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, this is what we do to unwind after the kids go to bed. It seems like dad's a Reaganite and mom's maybe like an ex-hippie. And so maybe she like pulled him toward the, this side of that thing. But yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, Craig T. Nelson's got some big hot dad energy in this movie. Yeah, he does. He does. He does. He can't roll a joint to save his life. He spills weed all over the bedspread. No, well, that's a very specific skill to have. It gets like mysteriously cleaned up between shots, but he spills like all of it and then just hands the wife the box and it's like, you do it. Yeah, I didn't see that. I didn't see the cleanups in between, but I didn't see that he was like, "Hey, you got it, lady fingers." It's also it's also funny that like she has already rolled in his smoking one. It's like they both need a J. They're not going to like share this. I find that very yeah. funny. Uh, so Robbie is is scared of the psycho clown in his room because of course he is, uh, and the tree, a terrifying clown, and the tree. Um, and so he comes in and sort of catches mom and dad. And she has to like quickly hide the joint, which is funny. She takes a puff first, though. It's not. Yes, it's not an immediate. Yes. Like hot t- stamp in the thing. She sees him. Goes. Uh oh. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, I respect that. It's, it's wild to me that it's not like, Mom, Dad, it stinks in here. <laughs> yeah. Right. Although Carol Ann, apparently, the box, the first cigar box. Yes. Is clearly the first weed stash box. Yes, absolutely. Because she's like, he wouldn't like the way it smells in there. And then later, you <laughs> see them stashing their weed in it. It's like, oh, all right, like, that's funny. Here, put up a, a black light poster for him. I think you'll get into it. Yeah. Uh, and there's a really, so Craig T. Nelson like takes Robbie back to bed and, you know, Carol Ann's in there and there's a really great cut from him, like convincing the kids to go to sleep to like lightning strikes. And then uh, we switch and all four of them are in mom and dad's bed. Well, there's also a really smooth bit of exposition where Robbie talks about how he's scared of the tree and Craig T. Nelson is like, Oh, that tree, it's an old tree. It's been there since before my company came in and built all, built the neighborhood. Yes. And I was like, yes, oh, yes. look at this. Look at yeah. that. Yeah, that's great. That is really great. It's a great script. It's a real, like, other than the fact that I don't like the like fake out ending. I think it's a really great script. Yeah. Um, 
So there's an earthquake, but it seems to be localized to just their house because there's no report of it on TV. Much like Freddy's like, uh, uh, new nightmare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and he's like calling people and he's like, yeah, there's an earthquake. And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. Because the, uh, the, the spooky animated ghost hand comes out of the TV while Carol Ann's talking to it. And did you notice that it's the time on the TV is 237? Yes, I did. So is, I, I, was, I did clock that. Is that does that have a significance? I don't. So I don't on it, IMDb, someone said someone said it's probably a reference to Room Two Thirty Seven in The Shining. Oh, I could see that. I could see that. That's like a cute. I movie. saw that and I was like, does that mean the prog- the broadcast ends at two thirty and there's a seven minute like B roll footage of America and a seven minute Star Spangled Banner? Because that seems I a ass- lot. I assumed it was like a two thirty five to two thirty seven, but either way, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's more like a, you know, set decorator. Wink, wink, this is cute. Yeah. So which do you think is more iconic? They're here or they're back? They're here. Because I feel like their back gets parodied more often. Probably. I feel like the second movie is worse and so more parodies of it exist. That seems logical to me. Have you seen the others? I've seen two. I've not seen three. Two is like a Jaws two where you're like, it's kind of like the same thing, but not quite as good. And then yeah. three, I think, is just Zelda Rubenstein and the kid come back, Carol Ann. I mean, I'd watch that. I mean, I'd watch Zelda Rubenstein in anything. She apparently, like, gets haunted visiting her aunt and uncle in Chicago in an apartment, which doesn't feel as, like, it feels like a different thing. It feels exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, it's like, you know, this whole thing is about, like, you know, it happening in suburbia is kind of the interesting part of it. Although, you know, they're doing the new Evil Dead in the city, and I could see that being interesting. So, I don't know. Wait, Maybe what? It's, I, 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 the Evil Dead, like... I don't even. Is know it the sequel? Is it going to be a sequel to the Fetty Alvarez it's one? Unrelated to those characters. If they make, if they call it Evil Dead again, I'm going to flip a goddamn table. <laughs> I assume it's going to be like Evil Dead colon. This time it's in a city, but I don't know the answer to that. E- Evil Dead Urban Sprawl. Yeah, exactly, something like that. Um, so Carol Ann talks about the TV people, and I really like like the, this movie ratchets up relatively quickly once it starts going but i like this part is kind of on the slow side like you know the caroline's talking about the tv people and the mom like all the chairs are pushed away from the table but they're not like crazy. this movie's they're very unnerving out. yes it's yes. it's not pretty i don't think it's super scary in, in 2022 but it yeah. is very like unsettling yeah totally agree and then the part where it like the mom turns away from Carol Ann and looks back and the chairs have all been like flipped up. The ca- on top and Cause the camera tracks with her. Yes. It's so good. And the, and she, uh, I think it's Joe Beth Williams is her name. Sells mm-hmm. it amazing here. So good. Really great performance from her. So as we were watching, uh, my boyfriend was like, we, we saw that happen and he was like, Oh, I bet six cents stole that from stole that from this. And I yeah, forgot okay. there was a moment in Sixth Sense where Tony Collette comes in the room and there's like two cabinets open and she like goes mm-hmm. to get the Pop Tarts and she turns around and they're all open and she, apparently she screams the same way Joe Beth Williams does. Oh, interesting. I wouldn't have clocked the similarity, but that's a, that's a good observation. Um, there's a there's a fun bit of business with like Joe Beth and Carol Ann have clearly been playing with the poltergeist all day. And then Craig D. Nelson comes home and she's like, look, look, look. And she shows him like the chair sliding from the two places. And then she puts a football helmet on Carol Ann and has her slide on the floor, which is pretty fun. And I like that. It's like very clear, explicit evidence. Cause normally that's not how these movies work. It'll be like, it'll, it'll, it's going to stop as soon as dad gets home. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's really funny too. There's like, 
you know, the mom does the chair and she like just jumps for joy. Meanwhile, Carol Ann is so bored of this. She's yawning. And Craig T. Nelson is very confused, like doesn't have any idea what's happening. And it's like trying to puzzle out with a solution here. Yeah. Also, uh, I forgot to mention it earlier because we were, we're clipping along. It's some top tier dog acting. Really good dog in this movie. I especially like the part later when the dog gets in the taxi. We can talk about it then. But it's like a very good yeah. dog actor. It's yeah. it's he's a good boy. Capital G, capital B. Should have been up for dog Oscars in my personal. Honestly, sometimes I wish they would give out a little special like golden milk bone. Like sponsor milk bone, sponsor that, and we can be it can be like, hey, sometimes you just get a really great dog actor, and we're gonna give him yeah. a little treat. You can yeah, put on a little bow tie and take him to the send him to the Oscars. Yeah, and and now like it used to, you used to have to have more categories, but now it's pretty much only dogs. I guess you, maybe you get a horse actor here and there now, but like pretty much all animals are CGI now. So you, they are fewer fewer people to nominate. I'm saying like a dog category, a cat category is probably about as far as you go. I agree. Um, I also really like the transition from uh, before. This is slightly it was before Craig T. Nelson comes home and they show him everything, but. There's a great transition to show that like this is a cookie cutter neighborhood because uh, it's the yes. family's kitchen and then the table fades out and then Craig T. Nelson walks in because he's showing off the property to someone else. Yeah, really, really awesome. The they're like they're like I don't know, Marge. This every one of these houses seems the same, and Craig T. Nelson's like, that's right, they are. But our construction quality has never been higher. Also, are they high talking to the neighbor? I feel I like they. So I f- the way they're like giggly. In a very like high person giggly, I was like, "Did we so, miss a scene where they like toked real quick?" It it could be possible that that is it. I assumed they were like trying to make it out like, "Boy, is this a silly thing we're about to ask you?" So they don't come off like lunatics. May, maybe the way it, like the giggle to me it on. felt more. Uh, I'm a little stoned. I'm a little stoned, and I did not ha- expect to have to talk to someone right now. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I I also really want to point out the incredibly good mosquito acting they're both doing. Yeah, so I guess mosquitoes are just a a metaphor for the supernatural in this movie? I guess? I don't really understand. The mosquitoes never come back. They're not part of anything except this one sequence. It's not like Amityville where those fucking bugs are everywhere. Right, right. Yeah, it seems almost as if the movie is like the, the poltergeist is trying to be like, hey... This doesn't involve them. Don't go over there. But I don't I see. It's a weird it's a weird thing that never comes back. Also, using the logic that this house is the only one affected in the neighborhood, the ending of this movie would be fucking bananas. Yes. When, like, there's there's the, a call a 12 foot column of flame coming out of a yes. fire hydrant yes, and cars yes. are being flipped by ghost hands. And it's like if no one else had anything going on. <laughs> yes. This is a lot. From zero to that would be like truly people would be like just crying in the street, like full on weeping. Like people would be killing their families to save them from the apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of insane stuff, the tree arms coming through the already next sequence. So good. And also so evil dead. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, I guess it's their back window, so it's possible someone couldn't have seen it. But I feel like the neighbors would have had to hear the sound of glass exploding as this happened. I mean, it takes a while for them to show up late at the very end when Joe Beth Williams is like screaming her little head off. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, yeah, he gets yoinked by the evil tree and then the closet, the kid's closet sucks everything in the room, including what looks like 12 pounds of glitter, loose yes. glitter, which like <laughs> Carol what? Ann, Carol Ann's loose glitter collection. <laughs> yeah. Like I needed to, to pan and see like she has like an Ursula's magical cabinet full of just like little bottles of glitter. 
Yeah. Because it's so it's weird how much glitter is being sucked into this thing. And then the dummy at the end. We got like yes. it's a can, it is a can, primo dummy. Tracking, tracking the Carol Ann dummy through this movie is a delight. It is. Because later when the mom is running with Carol Ann in her arms, it is a Carol Ann dummy. Oh, for sure. But yeah, the, they, they, they film this really well. It's like clearly a room that they can tilt up on its axis and make everything roll. I couldn't direction. tell if it was that or if it was um, a f- mostly like fan work to just blow things in that direction. I, I definitely think there's a fan involved, but the way the camera is positioned makes me think the room is at like a slight tilt so things roll better, but I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, and that also I mean, they clearly be- have a rotating room because I yes, use it later yes. and I always love it. A rotating yeah. room set a great is the best. Great effect. Even when it's used in stupid stuff like the Jamiroquai Virtual Insanity video. Love a rotating room. Okay, some people got that reference. I, I'm sure they did. Ah. I did not. Uh, but this this part's really delightful. Like It takes about 40 minutes till this part where this shit really hits the fan. But there's like a tornado touching down. So many good practical effects. Robbie, the little brother, is getting eaten by a tree. Greg T. I will say, I don't like that we don't see him get rescued. He's literally like waist deep in yes. the tree and yes. then he's like yes. save me and then we cut to carol ann get like dummied into the closet and then we cut back and yes. it's just craig t nelson holding the boy and they eat shit they My fall out of that it... tree so hard dude oh yeah oh yeah and, and like clearly Spielberg was like i'm gonna put that in the pocket and come back to that in 1992 Jurassic oh Park. yes yes um but i think my guess is that they it probably didn't look good Probably. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm I mean, sure looked, that is the, the, the uh, it's a boring practical answer. I just, me right. as the moviegoer was like, well, come no, on. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And then they search for Carol Ann all over the house. I do like the oh, dumb. Also, there's the, a evil dead portal above the tree right after that. Yeah, it gets sucked like into a full it. Full evil dead portal. Yeah, sorry. Looking, at, looking for Carol Ann. Because first they, they like see it in the back of the closet. There's like a, fig, a human shaped figure with a, cl- a blanket over it, and it's the clown doll. Yeah. And Carol Ann's in the TV. Yeah, and 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 so Craig T. Nelson's outside. He's like diving around in the pool. He's coming up, and I, I, I feel like if you took the stuff that happened at the end and put it in the rest of the movie, and then it ended with like Zelda Rubenstein being like, "The house is clean." I think I would like this movie a little more. I like this movie, but I think I would like it a little more. And this is a perfect example of like maybe it's the mom swimming and the skeletons pop up here. You know? Yeah, I agree. Or if they just didn't send the kids away. Yes. Yeah, like they were about to send them away and then everything happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we got to get them out of here. Oh, wait, you know, hell, hellfire and brimstone has, has rained down upon us. Exactly. Also, they are, she is 32 with three kids and a house. I mean, I mean it's a different time back then. Houses cost like $4. And one of her kids is 16. I was like, oh my God, you've been a parent for so long already. Is she 16 in real life or 16 in the... You're talking about the actor's ages. No, no, no. Craig T. Nelson says, my wife is... In the next scene, when he's talking to... He's talking to the Venkman group. (laughs) The Venkman group. (laughs) That sounds like a weird, like, accounting firm or, like, law firm. It does. Yeah, yeah. Have you been affected by mesothelioma? Call the Venkman group. (laughs) You may be entitled to compensation. Um, he says, my wife is 32 and our, cause they say, you know, tell everyone their ages. And he says, my oldest daughter is 16. And then he has a 10 and an eight year old, I think is what he says. Y- yes. Yeah. And so I was like, they had a, they had a high school kid and then, you know, but I was just like, you've been parents for so long already. Yeah. Yeah. No wonder they're token up after the kids go to sleep. Oh, I would be. 
I'm 30 and I'm like so fu- I'm like still asking hey Siri what time does Taco Bell close like I'm not <laughs> I'm so worlds yeah. beyond that different world man different world how, how homes cost nothing and there was no internet yeah and there was no uh, low-grade existential dread in, in permeating everybody's existence yet. No. <laughs> I mean, if there was, you didn't talk plenty. about it. You went and cried in the bathroom like a man. Yeah, exactly. You turned the shower on so no one can hear you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. You do what, what you're supposed to do in the 1982. So he, Craig T. Nelson, <laughs> brings the, the Venkman group over to the house. And I thought we were just going to see, like, a few, you know, let's we're going to play a few hits. But then he's, they're like well, we want to see the child's room. And he's like, we locked it. We don't go in there anymore. And like, we need to see it. And they open it and it literally looks like Madame Leota's chamber from the haunted yes. mansion. Like well, everything just... is spinning in a circle, like on a pivot or like on a string around the room. And I was like, yes. Oh, that's not what I thought we were going to see. And there's like a floating record and a compass, like for drawing circles, compass, like comes yeah. down and makes the record make noise and stuff. But this is especially great because it's like, they're walking up to the room and the one guy's like, one time I used my time-lapse camera and I caught uh, actual movement on film. And they're like, oh, okay. And then they rip the door That's open. adorable. This, like, yeah, this insane, like everything in the room is spinning and floating and whatever. And then we cut from that to like the compass almost stabs the lead the lead lady of the Venguin group. And then we cut to her holding a teacup that's like... It's some great teacup acting. Yeah, yeah, really tremendously. Teacup Oscar all around there. Uh, so and, and she's like, I, I, I'm not really, as she's trying to say, like, I don't know, I'm out of my depth. The coffee pot slides across the table and the family just like grabs it and moves it back. Like they're, yeah. they're clearly all over this shit at this point. Like, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, slide. Yeah. She's like, this isn't, this might not, this, I'm not sure this is a haunting the coffee pot moves and she's like, well, she's addressing the, what I meant to say was, Hey, I think it's a poltergeist, (laughs) which is funny because poltergeist, when you get to the end of the movie, it's not a poltergeist. It is a haunting. Yes. Yeah. Which is the ironic part. Aren't they, aren't they like, you know, like not every rectangle is, or every rectangle is a square, but not every square is a rectangle or what vice versa. So typically, typically poltergeists, like they say, are attached to a person. Okay. And hauntings are attached to a location. God. And when because we learn later that they only move the headstones, it's it's a haunting. It's the place. They're mad at mm. the place. It's not like Carol Ann. Because I, I'm someone who believes in the supernatural and ghosts and all of that. Um, but if you look at accounts of poltergeists, a lot of them are, are attached to uh, sad, lonely, bored teens. And then yeah, as soon yeah. as the teen gets put into like an asylum or somewhere where no one's watching them anymore, yeah. magically they all get better. Yeah. Not all. A lot of them yeah. will magically get better. And it's like, oh, gee, that's interesting. Yeah. I wonder if somebody was just, you know, desperately in need of help and finally someone heard their cry. Oh, I don't even mean like that. I just mean like it's a teen just acting out for fun because. Oh, sure. sure. And then they're like, you're in a padded room and they're like, well, I'm bored now. I got to get out of yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not haunted anymore. I'm all better. And I'd like yeah. to come inside. Let me out, Ash. They they all turn into Rufer or Wilford Brimley out in the shed. Oh, I went I went I went uh Cheryl. Yeah. Nope. Yes. I'd like to come back inside now. I'm all better. So as they're talking to Carol Ann through the TV, the one dude is like, I'm gonna look around for a CB radio. And it's like, hey my <laughs> dude, what part of this feels like a hoax now? Yeah. Like, yeah, if they exactly. started with TV talking, 
Yes. That honestly would have been better if they started with TV talking. He's like, I'm going to go look for a CD radio, keep them distracted. And he stumbled into the room with like the spinning stuff. Yeah. Then you yeah, have yeah. a more logical progression. Because I'm like, like, you falls don't. falls down the stairs. You don't open with that and be like, I bet this is fake. Because yeah, like, yeah. how? Yeah. That feels like an editing mistake. Like that scene, that line was supposed to be 10 minutes ago. Yeah. And then like, there's uh, even there's even a part where like the coffee pot slides across and they both go to check under the table. And I'm like, you just watched a record play itself with a compass. What are we talking about? <laughs> yeah. And then a portal opens in the ceiling and like a bunch of old, like ancient looking jewelry and and stuff falls out of it. And I was like, I this is not something that gets explored in a lot of haunted media. No. Yeah. Um, well, there's also, also a thing later on, uh, like, I, we'll, we'll, we're jumping ahead a little, but we'll backtrack. She, like, later, she has, like, a watch and a brooch or a, a what, are, what are they called? Uh, a cameo. Yes, thank you. I was like, it's a, it's a word that I think it was meaning something else. Like, those just showed up? I don't... That was the from the ceiling. Oh, okay. Those were the things that fell out of That's the ceiling. That's what I thought. Okay, okay. I thought that was what it was, but I I miss I must have been taking a note and missed part of it. Also, the dog's name is E Buzz. Yes. That's just a weird that's a weird name. Yeah, I thought I don't it mean was a dog Rebus. name shame, but that's a weird name. <laughs> I thought it was Rebus, like you know the picture puzzles? I don't know that. You know like uh you remember Lion's Head Like a magic beer? eye? No, no, like like a picture like do you remember did you ever drink Lion's Head beer? Did your friends ever drink Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I <laughs> I, my ex-boyfriend he my college boyfriend he popped open a beer and like put the cap down and i picked it up when he wasn't looking and i was like trying to solve it and this was like a month or two into our relationship and i was like solving the thing i went oh i love you and he was like what and i was like nope nope it was i was solving the puzzle <laughs> that's great <laughs> well that's called a rebus okay and you had a, a rebus accident I did. They have an interesting little whispered conversation about the afterlife to just sort of like, I guess it's sort of like if you don't, if you have no concept of what an afterlife is, which I feel like most religions have some, have some idea. So it's just funny the way they're explaining it of like, well, sometimes you go to heaven, sometimes you get stuck and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, the uh, I feel like the whisper is a really underutilized acting technique and movie technique. It's it's not done a lot, but I feel like this whole conversation makes you like kind of lean forward to pay attention to what's going on, even though you can hear perfectly fine. Like the sound mixing is yeah. very good, actually. But it's it's like such an underutilized technique for it creates like a higher level intimacy in this moment. It creates like a like a sort of bubble that we all want to be part of. I, I thought it was really interesting. I think it's I guess whispers feels very like. You're trying hard. Yes. Like if yeah. your characters are whispering, it's like, all right, what, 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 what? Yes. Yeah, totally. Um, but this doesn't have that feel. It's also kind of like the moment in Jaws where it's like, this is sort of like the eye of the storm, which I feel like is. Oh, when they, standard. when they show scars. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is like a standard Spielberg trope is like slow build, huge action moment, eye of the storm another huge action beat comes on the backside of it. Like mm-hmm. that's in Jurassic Park. That's in Jaws. I mean, I mean, there are other examples, but like it's exactly. Would you the say it's the scene. ice cream and the flea circus in Jurassic Park? Yeah. That that happens at the same time. The kids are like sleeping in the tree. That happens at the same time. Yes. That, you know, all those things happen at the same time. Yeah. That's the, that's the eye of the storm in Jurassic Park. Um, you know, it's like a crazy thing just happened and we're safe, but we're not out of the woods yet. Yeah. Literally, in the case of Jurassic Park, metaphorically, in the other <laughs> <We're not laughs> 
they're like they're like swigging this booze right out of the bottle and kind of like swapping more stories. Uh, and then Marty, so Marty eats a bag of Cheetos, and I was like, I've never seen this style of bag before. I Nor- don't think I clocked the bag. What was that so? Weird it's about it? it's just like normally there's some kind of a Chester Cheetah, even if it's like the old like '80s '90s style where he's like very tuby, mm-hmm. uh, or what's rubber hose? He's a little oh, rubber yeah. hosey. Yeah, but this it just looked like it just had like cheeto in a weird print at the top huh. and it was a clear bag and i was like i've i've never seen that in a movie before i have to go scrub through and find this cheeto bag because it's a very clear like it's if it was today it would be a very clear product placement but i don't think yeah, it was yeah. meant to be in 1982 right. um, it was just whatever he picked up off crafty yeah and then he goes i'm gonna go get i'm gonna go get some food in the kitchen and this motherfucker pulls out a steak yeah. from their fridge. He, he pulls out an inch and a half thick ribeye that could easily serve two adults. And he throws a pan on the stove. And I'm like, you're going to sear off this ribeye at three in the morning. You're going to wake everyone up. Also in the middle of a ghost investigation. Right, right. And he's eating a chicken leg while this happens. He's doing <laughs> I mean, I've, I've done the drumstick appetizer. He's doing a full gremlins. Yeah, it's, I mean, I also am a gremlin when it comes to food, nighttime food. <laughs> I have fully done the, well, I, I'm at, I'm because I also do it when I get like drive through food. I get something to eat on the way home. So at Taco Bell, it's a cheesy bean and rice burrito that I eat on the way home where I then eat the rest of my Taco Bell. Eating a Taco Bell in the car is a good way to get cheese sauce on your shirt through a rip in a burrito, in my experience. <laughs> or so. No. No, because you you just you you banana it, so you only peel what you are about to eat. But the um, you got a breakthrough in the in the tortilla. See, the structural integrity when you eat it when you eat it when it's hot is is there. There's structural integrity, structural integrity there. I see. I'm not as big of a. I know you're the T Beller. Uh, that's I fast love a Taco Bell. Don't eat a ton of fast food. It's not my. That's not my fast food choice. Uh, but I have 100 percent been like I'm driving home late at night and I got a. Uh, and this is cheap. open. Yeah, and then taking a bite and it like, oh, that's on my shirt now, or it's on the seatbelt. I mean, I don't know because it's never happened to me, but generally it doesn't. Okay. Um, and then we get a meat caterpillar. Yeah, <laughs> it's really creepy looking. It looks so unsettling. Even reading on IMDb how they did it, I still don't understand the mechanics. Uh, what did you read? Because I did not. I did not look it up. It said like there were like a wire on each end and slits in between the tiles, and I was like. But still, like it, wire to me means like a thin, like a a string essentially. I'm picturing oh, more like. I think it was more like the string that's on Kermit's hands, the the wire for Kermit's hands. Oh, like a pole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean that would make more sense that it was you know, they stuck a <laughs> they stuck two skewers through the st- yeah, either end of the stake so they could. That would make sense. I think that must be it. Like there was a slit and it was like pull push pull push, you know. And then it like. I don't know what happens to this steak. It like turns inside out and like yes. a lot of stuff starts coming out of it. The the amount of like inside that becomes outside of this steak is like four steaks worth of meat bits. It's crazy. And then he drops, we get a, a classic, you were eating something gross, fake out. <laughs> yes. He drops his chicken, his drumstick on the floor and uh, it's covered in maggots. You were eating maggots, Michael. That's all I could think of was that scene in Lost Boys. Oh, yeah. Um, so he... Oh, they have this weird, like, laundry room with a sink with a mirror. Like, why is... I understand There's having a, sli- a sink in your laundry room. Yes. But why is there a mirror above it? 
Well, also, he's like four steps from the kitchen sink when he goes to this slop sink. It's very odd. Yeah, because he has to throw open the doors. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess a slop sink is for a different task than your sink sink, I suppose, but it just seems... It's probably kind... I guess guess it is more considerate to throw up into a slop sink. Yeah, yeah. I Uh, honestly... So I've seen this movie a couple times. I did not remember this sequence at all, and I think it's one of the wildest sequences of the movie. Really? This is like one of the most iconic moments in the movie, I feel like. I had I, I had no recollection of this part. This felt new to me. I mean, obviously, I've seen it before, but it felt totally new to me. I just, I wish it didn't look so dumb. It it, 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 it gets does, real yeah. dummy real fast. Yeah. It even, and like, apparently, you see, like, you first see the cut on his cheek, it looks pretty fake. Yeah. Um. It, apparently, it's Steven Spielberg's hands. Oh, that's wild. He, like, I wonder why it, like, that he is. could, I think he was like, I know how to, how I want this to look. Oh, sure, sure, sure. That so makes, that, it's literally the words came out of my mouth and I was like, because he wanted to do it exactly the way he wanted to do it. Like, yep. Okay. I mean, he's no That's James. Right. He's no James Cameron. I was at James Cameron. James Cameron. Jim. But is that the, is that the plural when you have two James Cameron? <laughs> yeah, you have two James, James Cameron's. Cameron. Jim's Cameron. Like how, like how the plural of attorney general is attorneys general. Or if you're or, or if a married couple or do, are both doctors, they're doctors. doctors. Yes. That's what I call my, my my best friend's parents are both married. So to be as obnoxious about it as possible, or married doctors, I should say. Yeah. To be as obnoxious about it as possible, I call them doctors, Mr. and Mrs. last name. Nice. You want a sweaty? <laughs> Doctor and Mr. and Mrs. is a very sweaty. Very, very sweaty. No, I always like it sweaty. You know, that's my general existence day to day. So then uh, as as all this is happening to Marty, I think, isn't it Morty? Marty? Yeah, I believe it's, I believe that's his name. I, I. This I did not clock any of the Venkman trio, which I did yeah. not call the Venkman trio, but is better than scientists, which is what I wrote down. They cut back to the other guy, the only black man in the movie with dialogue, and his job was to be looking I at don't the know monitors. That you need the qualifier there. Is there another black actor in this movie that doesn't speak? That's what I was saying. I don't know. There could have been like a background person. Okay. Okay. Um, like I was like, I don't know if there was a black guy at the watching the Super Bowl with them, I or don't like well, the so. Super Bowl. Um, it was just a football game. Right. Um, but he is like fully turned away from the two monitors and the, the camera is moving and there's, we're starting to see like a ghostly apparition. Um, I'm assuming they did this like black, blue screen underwater. Yeah. I was curious. It feels like a digital effect, but I don't know how they, I assumed it was drawn like hand animated. I don't know. Cause it feels a lot like, um, the, uh, the ghosts in Muppet Christmas Carol. They have that, sure, like, yeah, underwater yeah. feel to them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It could be that. I really don't know. It looks cool as hell, I'll tell you that. Yeah. I um, also didn't... This is the first time uh, that you see it in the movie, I think. But they have, like, a 10... At least 10-foot-tall 10 tree in the living room that goes, like, over yeah, the archway and towards the second floor. And it seems like a living tree, and it's just, like, a giant bonsai or something that it's shaped that way, but... That seems like a nightmare. Like it's gonna shed leaves all the time, and I well, just also I would kill that plant. Yeah, yeah. Two you months with me. That plant is shriveled and dead. You got to be very confident for that. Um, so it's weird when they see it in quote unquote real life, like as it's happening, it looks like there's one ghost figure coming down yes. the stairs. Yeah, and then they're like, "Watch the footage," and they're like, "Look, there's hundreds of ghosts." And I was like, "Well, where were they five minutes ago?" Yeah, I so the mom is convinced it was Carol Ann that ran through her because she can like smell her on the. But we didn't see that. Mom goes up the stairs and you get this like her hair gets blown back. There's no like effect 
it's just like the hair blown back and she's like it was carol ann and then later is when we see actually see an apparition come down the stairs Got it. Okay, I must have crossed wires there because I was going to say maybe that was the explanation. And it is weird that they do that. Maybe uh, they do they do try to act like the camera equipment is really special and like specialized in particular. So maybe that's part of it. Maybe uh, it, they talk about the footage and how the woman's like, "We'll need to like broad display this or something." And Joe Beth Williams goes, "Just don't put it on." That's incredible. And I was like, "Ah, Craig T. Nelson's going to become Mister Incredible." <laughs> He's also like not on 60 minutes and he seems like he's in pretty good spirits. Like it's almost like a joke, despite the fact that when you see Craig T. Nelson saying this, he looks about as haggard as any actor I've ever seen. He looks like Mr. Incredible in the middle of Incredibles 2. That's true. It's true. Before he gets his shit together. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He does. They they clearly were like, when has Craig T. Nelson looked the worst? Oh, (laughs) in Poltergeist. So then the boss comes over. To be like, hey, you haven't shown up for work in, I guess, a couple weeks. And the, he keeps having to, like, turn his boss. Like, when the piano starts moving and he's yes. like, well, let just, uh, you know, let's leave. Let's take a walk. There's there's a great moment where he turns him and then he, like, steps out the door and you hear the piano go, like, flung as it, like, gets shoved across you, the room. You hear that, pia- that classic, like, falling yeah. piano sound. Yeah, and the boss is, like, pointing out everything. He's like, you got, like, a whole, you know, circuit city in here. And then, like, the light bulbs growing nuts on the front. And he's like, what, you got a 300-watt bulb in there? Ha, 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 ha. Well, he also somehow, he doesn't explain what he thinks he's doing. But he's like, do you have a side side gig going on? Is that why you don't come to work? And I was like, doing what? Like, yeah. what do you think in 1982 he's doing with three television monitors and a camera? Yeah, I would very much want to know. And if the answer is anything other than shooting pornography, I would love to know what it means. Because that's what it seems like. He's like like duplicating tapes or something would be the only logical move to me. Yeah. Also, we, we skipped over. We'll go right back to the boss thing as they drive up the hill. But um, they send Robbie away after the like apparitions down the stairs moment. And he's like very mm-hmm. upset. Like he's like, you know, it's just my sister. You know, I'm trying to save her and stuff. It's interesting to me that the two little kids are pretty big characters in the movie. But I feel like the older sister's barely a character. Yeah, she they, they kind of sweep her out a lot. They're like, yeah, she's at her friend's house. And I'm yeah, like, well, I mean, just, she could be around. Yeah, and it's like, well, can we have the scene where Craig T. Nelson's like, hey, don't tell anybody about this. Yeah, don't tell your friends that there's a ghost in our house. Yeah, exactly. It seems very strange. Uh, but he's he's really mad, which I think is good. Like, it's a good little performance from this kid of like, I'm really mad about this. And then the dog is like, well, I'm getting out of here. And like, oh, yeah, the dog's like, I'm donezo. And I really needed dialogue from this cabbie as like a golden retriever hops into his car with no warning. And then they cut and the mom's like, Robbie, Robbie. And the dog's in the front seat. It's yeah, so what I wanted was so Robbie like I don't want to go, and then the dog jumps in and shuts the door and like le- like puts an an arm out a a leg out the window yes. and is like see you later toots yeah yeah it's like the the cabbie being like uh, I'm sorry folks I don't transport dogs just loose in my vehicle they need to be in a carrier uh, so this is where we a re- another really smooth graveyard reveal because yes I I see the graveyard and he's like we can't because the uh, the the boss is clearly like you are. You're trying. We're gonna entice you to stay with our company by giving you a nicer new house, which is gonna be this first first house. And then he turns around and he sees the graveyard and he's like, "That's a little sacrilegious." And I was in my head, I was like, "Are we gonna have to do this movie all, like 
all, like, are we going to like build them a new house and cut to them in the new house? Because I knew I knew the headstones was a thing, <laughs> but I I haven't seen the full movie, so I didn't know that this was their reveal of the headstones. Because I was like, yeah. do we gonna, are we going to get like a building montage and then they're in the new oh, house? Sure. Yeah. Like they think it's all gone. Yeah. Also, it seems like at the beginning of this movie, like, aren't there moving boxes around or did I make that up? Like, are they fully in the house at the beginning? I think they're fully in the house at this point. Okay. I must have, I must have got my, cause they're in phase one and they're about to open phase five. So I think they've been there at least a year or two. That makes sense. Cause it was like, I feel like they didn't move that long ago. And now the guy's like, we're going to build you a new bigger house and shits on all the old houses and you can have this one. And it's like, I mean, it's kind of a pain in the ass to move even a short distance, man. Like I've got to pack everything up again. And like, this sucks. I mean, if they're, if they're, if they're going to pay for movers. Yeah. I mean, if they'll pay for people to pack for you, you know, you take advantage of that. But I just thought it was kind of funny. Uh, gorgeous map painting of the cemetery. I may have said that already. I can't remember. You did uh, not, but yes, it is. Okay. Really, really good map painting. And then, you know, the boss is like, oh yeah, there's no problem at all. We move them on down to this uh, cemetery down the road and we, you know, we'll take care of it there. Apparently, it's there's the same kind of tree at this cemetery as outside their house, and it's supposed to be like potentially foreshadowing that they oh, are on a graveyard too. That would make sense if it was the same tree as the backyard. Because this is where the, he's like, I don't know, that seems like a lot, and the guy's like, we've done it before in your house right now, and you're, it's yeah. like, it's basically the equivalent of that Roy Scheider shot where the the zoom, the push in, zoom out uh-huh. moment. I don't know on how. Beach. Yeah, I'm like, how do you describe yeah. it? Yeah. On the beach of Jaws, where like you push into the actor's face while you zoom out, so you get this weird like shift. I might be getting the term wrong. I believe it's called a split diopter. No, that's not this. Not it. Okay. No, split split diopter is like in Carrie. Everything's on focus. Yes, when both sides of the screen are in focus. Okay. Yeah, there is a term for what they use in Jaws because I I watched a video about how it's like one of Spielberg's. I think it's called a dolly zoom. That could be, or a crash zoom, maybe. No, it's not Crash Zoom. Okay. Either way, um, uh, if you know it, feel free to tweet us. It's at Dissect yeah. the 80s. There is a term for it. I, I, I can't remember it right now. Uh, so now Craig T. Nelson is aware of why they're being you know, haunted. And they bring in icon, legend, and star Zelda Rubenstein as Tangina. That, so she gets like such a great entrance in this movie because we go from like the cemetery, like, oh, we'll just move the cemetery. Really ominous piece of goldsmith score shot of the front of the house we're in the house the family is talking and then zelda walks around the corner and it's like they make her look like a megastar and it's like i like zelda rubenstein i find her like very engaging to watch she's very magnetic but like you're talking about a woman who's like four foot two and rotund and kind of weird looking and like i don't mean they treat her like she's like famous psychic gene dixon or like like a like a big deal Yes, absolutely. Like she is the the cream of the crop of the psychic world. She, but she's such a, like honestly like <clears throat> I'm surprised she's not more of a queer icon because she's she's campy. She's a dra- she's basically a drag queen without being a drag queen. Yeah, and uh, the other thing about her, like you wouldn't expect it, but she's a pretty good physical actor. Later, when she's throwing the tennis balls, she throws them like a really good softball pitch. Yeah, she's. It, I was like, oh, clearly Zelda played softball. Like you know, knows mm-hmm. how to do that. Uh, there's a great bit too of like introducing the character where like she's you know she's kind of monologuing and walking through the house and she's like, "Can y'all hang back? You're 
you're harsh and mellow or whatever the vibe she says or word she says. And then uh, she asks Craig T. Nelson a question and he doesn't answer. And she's like, am I talking to the living? And then he says it out loud and he starts whispering. He's like, I thought it really hard. And I thought she was a psychic. And she's like, I just don't like when people mess with me. And then jumps back out of the frame. It yeah. was so good. She's like, I am. I just don't like trick answers. And then she goes yeah. away. She, honestly, Zelda Root, I want to see the movie. It can't happen, obviously. But I want to see the movie where Leslie Jordan and Zelda Rubenstein are brother and sister psychics. <laughs> like, wouldn't that be the best? Yeah, it would be a great odd couple energy for sure. But not even odd couple because they're, they're basically well, on the Sims. I, you made one person, then you clicked the gender. Wait, who did you say? Leslie Jordan. Okay, am I thinking of the wrong person? You're thinking Leslie of Leslie Jordan. Jones. Oh, who's Leslie Jordan? Leslie Jordan is the short, the short Southern guy, the gay guy. I don't think I know. Oh, 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 tiny glasses. Sometimes. Okay. I think I know who you're talking about. I was thinking Leslie, Leslie Jordan. You were thinking Leslie Jordan, which also, yes, honestly, yeah. not mad at that either. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that's definitely an odd couple. Okay. Yes. No, Leslie Jordan. I know uh, who you're talking about now. Yeah. I know who you're talking about now. Um, yeah, I would watch that. I totally would watch that. And there's so, a great that this you could take it over for the sequence but like she starts talking to joe beth williams directly and joe beth williams on her knees is taller than zelda rubenstein yeah she's like she's basically she goes i gotta give me whiplash get down here and she like yeah. makes her get on her yeah. knees it's so funny she so just she has basically- like a presence like it's it's undeniable like you can't not look at zelda rubenstein on oh no and she's basically like turns into a, a cult leader for a second where she's like, you have to do yes. everything I say as I say it or you're not you're not getting your daughter back, kid. Yeah. And then she's as they're going through the house, she's like, which one of you is the disciplinarian? And she's like, I mean, I guess he I guess Craig T. Nelson. And he's like, well, that's not fair. And she's like, fight about it later. I had a, I just answer the fucking question. Now you yell at her, threaten yes. to spank her. Yes. Yes. She, he's like, we'd never do that. I don't care. Yeah, that's not child. important. This is not the time. So he like, because she's like, you have to threaten her, like be the disciplinarian. And then she's like, okay, now let's open the door. And the the shot of her going into the bedroom with the flashing light coming out of the closet. There's something about it that just feels like with the music and the and the framing and the cinematography, it feels very <laughs> Tim Burton-y, like Beetlejuice oh, yeah. era yeah, Tim Burton. I get that. Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, there's also, I'm backing up a little bit, there's a funny bit where, like, so she talks to Joe Beth Williams, is like, you know, do you agree to do everything, even if it's against your religion? She's like, yes, of course. But then Zelda tries to explain what's going on, and even as an audience member, I'm going like, no, wait, what? And then she's like, do you understand? And all three of the characters are, like, shaking their heads no, and I'm like, thank God, we need more explanation (laughs) here, because that was not helpful. My read is, like, they're all like stuck between moving on and not. And Carol Ann is now stuck there with them. Is that sort yes. of what your read is? Okay. Yeah. My read is that they're all in the waiting room, okay. essentially in Beetlejuice or whatever. Okay. Yeah. They're yeah. in the Beetlejuice waiting room and Carol Ann is there. And so they're all confused. It's less yeah. bureaucratic, I guess, in, in this yeah. version. Yeah. Yeah. Juno yeah, would that... have sent Carol Ann back in two seconds. <laughs> Yeah, she's uh, this. This is just such a great like the cult leader vibe, like you said. Is like this is just such a dope scene. It's, it's great performances all around. Really awesome shot. Yeah. So they throw the the the. They said tennis balls, but they look like yeah. softballs. They're gray though. They're, they look they look fuzzy because they're like they they're mm. f- they're wet with goop like in the fuzz <clears throat> of the tennis. Ball. Well, even before 
before she throws them, they look like. Oh, you know what? I bet they're. Uh, I bet that they're uh, the dogs' tennis balls. Like they're all chewed up because the dogs slobbered. Oh, that stuff. could be. Yeah. Like they, so they, they throw. Catch. They throw them. They've numbered them one and, and two, so they can throw them and prove that it's the same one. So I guess, I guess the, so the ghosts don't pull some trickery. Yeah. So then they're like, once they've established that, oh, this is the link, let's throw, let's throw a rope down. And the rope coming out of thin air in the living room looks really cool. It looks so awesome, especially the part where it's like severed and dangling up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, okay, well, now that we figured this out, we got to, uh, she's like, I'll go in. And Joe Beth Williams is like, she won't listen to you. Let me go. And Zelda goes, you've never done this before. And Joe Beth goes, neither have you. And, and Zelda's response is, you're right. You go. And I was it's like, that's so a great good. joke. Yeah. And it's like, I, I, it's a perfect joke because it doesn't cut the tension of the moment away. It's like enough that like, you know, you do chuckle at it as an audience member, but you're still like scared for what's about to happen. Like it, it doesn't. Not, it's not just Whedon Quippy. Yeah, yeah, it, but it also just like it doesn't. It's like two characters who are scared dealing with it in a way that's really satisfying. It's just a great. It's the great kind of joke for these sequences that I feel like has been lost in favor of the like. Well, that happened, which is just like go to hell. <laughs> yeah, not everyone's the quip monster, right? Um, yeah, it's the two of them are J- Joe Beth Williams and Zelda Rubenstein are off the charts good together. Really delightful to see them bounce off each other. For sure. Uh, so then Zelda starts say, telling them to go to the light or go away she, from the light. Yeah, she's they keep they well, keep flip flopping and it's hard yes. to keep track. of. Yes, because it's like at first the parents were like, don't go into the light, which seems like, yeah, because that's probably crossing over and dying. Like they don't want their kid to do that. But then Zelda seems to be like inviting the ghosts into the house at the end. Because at first like, Zelda, because earlier when Zelda says you have to yell at her, they're like, tell her to go to the light because it'll bring the other ghosts there tell her not to go in but go towards the light so the other ghosts will kind of go that way and now she's saying don't go into the light and so craig t nelson like gets too close to the portal with the rope as he's pulling it and a giant spooky face appears it like comes crashing out of it's like evil dead straight out of evil dead yeah this is very clearly somebody was like hey did you guys see this movie yet I mean, it looks cool as hell. It's like what it's, you know, it has all the charm of the Evil Dead because it's still done. Like, even with a lot of money, it's still done in a low tech way. But it's it's like, oh, this Mm -hmm. is just the Sam Raimi thing. So then they get scared from that. And then the uh, uh, Joe Beth Williams and Carol Ann come crashing out of the ceiling covered in goop. Yeah. It's funny to me that they didn't like this is like the mildest of spoilers from Stranger Things, but there's like a part where people fall out of the ceiling in Stranger oh, yes. Things in this season. And they like, the characters are like, ah, let's put a mattress where the people are going to fall down on. <laughs> and they put a mattress down. And yeah, it, like, it would have made more sense. <laughs> it's like, why is there not a, or even some pillows here? Like, you know, yeah, the cushions, pull this, the couch cushions right? off. Like we watched this guy catch two of these tennis balls. Like what the hell's going on? Uh, <clears throat> so they put them in the bath to clean them off. And then the guy, Zelda the guy primps herself. Because <laughs> the camera, there's a camera on her, so she gives her gives her you know a little zhuzh. But I I love the guy being like he helps carry them into the bathtub. The other Venkman trio guy, although I guess the the it's down to a Venkman duo at this point. It's down to a duo because he says yeah. she says he's never coming back, which yeah, like, like fair. I, yeah, I wouldn't either. After I watched myself pull my face off my skeleton, no thanks. But he sprints. He does like a, a Kool Aid man to get out of this room to go get his camera to videotape them like in the bathtub afterward. I mean, you got to get the shot. 
<laughs> clearly, clearly. They're so goopy in the bathtub. It's like so unpleasant to imagine the amount. And I'm of like, I wonder jelly. if it's, it looks like it's just like strawberry jam. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if they made like strawberry jam without the sugar or with like, you know, equal or something like that. So it was less sticky, but it's like in their ears. Oh, you know what I bet it was? I bet it was aloe with dye in it. Yeah, or gelatin. Yeah, that could be. It, it has more of an aloe quality than a gelatin quality, I feel like. It's less chunky and more blobby, if that makes That's sense. That's true. But poor little Carol Ann has it, like, not just in her ear, but in the, like, outer swirls of her ear as well. Like, every part of her ear has this nasty goop in it. Um, and so, yeah, she, Zelda Rubenstein prims herself to say, this house is clean. Yeah. And it's like, this is the natural end of this movie. Like, it's like, oh, okay, it is. we're done. And it it's, firmly like, is. It, it's it's cathartic. And I get what they're doing. Like, they want you to feel a little unsettled. And I think that's all part of it and stuff. But I just think the movie would flow better if you took all this last bit and put it in the preamble. Yeah, because I was like, again, there's 15 minutes left in this movie. And I know the clown and that has to happen. Yeah, yeah. Like, goddamn. Yeah. I had the same reaction the first time I watched it. I was like, wait, what about this? What about that? What about this? Because I remember the scariest movie moments. I feel like it's maybe that or maybe something similar. The, the, the Joe Beth Williams, the mom popping out of the unfilled pool with the skeletons is definitely yes. one of those things. Yeah. There's just the still shot is totally in there. Yeah. It's almost like with a sitcom where you'd like come back in for one more joke. It's like 30 seconds long, except it's 15 minutes in this movie. Yes. So I didn't, I forgot that I wanted to talk about that. I've waited yeah. so long to see these movies, any of them, because I got scared by them in a planet uh-huh. Hollywood. You oh, were, you, really? you started to hear me tell this story yeah, 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 uh, yeah, with my boyfriend yeah, yeah. and you're like, I'm going to walk away so you can tell it through on the podcast. Yeah. 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 Um, we were at a planet Hollywood. I was probably like eight to 10. I'm going to say. Yeah. That, that feels right. And it, I don't know if it was around Halloween or what, but they had like a horror movie loop. And like obviously it is a plant it's a it's a family restaurant so they're not going to show like gore or anything extreme yeah, yeah. but it's spooky and it was mm-hmm. like they showed like Chucky walking down a hallway or whatever okay. and then they kept they kept cutting back to the scene I think it's from the sequel the second one cuz Okay. Unless they recast Carol Ann for the third one um Carol Ann's in all three. She's the only her and Zelda Rubenstein are the only people in all three. I thought she passed away before the third one. She died like she might not have been alive when the third one came out. Mm. But it's Carol Ann in front of like like standing. It looks like on like like a a kitchen, like a bathroom sink in like footy pajamas. And her reflection turns evil and grabs her and starts dragging her up the mirror. And like my little eight year old, 10 year old brain was like could not comprehend this and was so terrified by this visual that I was like, I don't, I have to not, I can't see these movies. Sure, and so yeah. I just avoided them forever. Um, eventually I would like to see this one where it has the mirror bit in it, but that mirror bit at a planet Hollywood scared me so bad. It was like that and the, the doobie doobie doo penguin are like the two biggest like childhood fears that I have. Have we ever talked about the penguin before? It's like in hindsight, one of the funniest things like kids get really scared of like weird stuff, but that one rocking your world that way still is amusing. I to me. don't know why. And to this, to the, so like if you've seen stranger things season four, like the, the clock chime and like boo sound yeah, of like when yeah, someone yeah. is like scared of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching, I was like put on a compilation of eighties, and 90s <laughs> Halloween commercials just to, like have it on the background and <laughs> the sound starts 
and I my, like my brain has like remembered everything about it. So as soon as I heard the phone ring and they were like, "How's your butt ice?" <laughs> my blood ran cold, and I heard the like boo in my head, and I was like, "This is my this is my moment." <laughs> That's so funny. So it was a collection of Bud Ice commercials about sure. a pe- a claymation or stop motion penguin I th- or I puppet penguin. I thought it penguin? was like a puppet. Yeah, I think it's a puppet. Uh, pup a penguin who wants to drink the Bud Ice, but they're all themed after urban legends. So there's the like oh, the guy. Oh, your... they're not. They're not all the calls coming from inside. No, there's the calls coming from inside the house. Oh, okay. There okay. is. Um... In my memory, they're all variants of when a stranger calls. No, 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 no. The other one is the, there's a guy in your back seat and the people behind you are flashing their high beams at you. Uh-huh. Okay. 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 And then there's, the I can't remember the what the, uh, no, I can't remember what the other ones are now. There's like three or four, I want to say, because one of them is not, one of them is like, he's like in a, a sarcophagus for some reason. And I was like, this oh, is, okay. we've gone, we've, we've yeah. strayed we've too far from the path. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. That stupid penguin calling from inside the house utterly terrified me as a kid. Yeah. Yeah, now I have a really sweatshirt of it, it that mom yeah, found. Yeah. yeah. Well, we we got the sweatshirt for you when you were young. I don't think you would wear it. You got it for me when I was young? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You, I, it was like, you know, like a dad gift where he buys you something that like he knows you're- Like a nudge? A nudge yeah. gift? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when you got, uh, was it Stinky Pete? Stinky Pete. Name for, from Toy Story 2 that you hated so much. But yeah, it was. we definitely bought that for you when you were young and you like hated it and they probably just refound it and gave it to you. Now you're an adult and it's funny. Yeah. I tried to explain to my boyfriend. I was like, "This terrified me as a kid." It's like I was like, "Objectively, this will not be scary when I show you." Yeah, but yeah, yeah man, kid brains are weird. Um, so back at the house, mom's like, "Hey, kids, can you put yourselves to bed?" They've been packing up. They're you know getting ready to leave. The house is because like, Craig Nelson is like, "We are leaving tonight." Yeah, yeah, and it's like the fact that they sleep one more night in this house is honestly kind of insane to me. To yeah, no, I be I would sleep in a car. I would sleep yeah. in the moving truck. Yeah, like just no way. But the mom's like, I'm going to take a nice hot bath. And they have like a huge tub. She's like, she maybe dyes her hair, maybe doesn't. I don't know. The uh, tub's not like, full enough. I, she's dyeing her hair. Yeah. But she like takes a relaxing bath and she's blow drying her hair. And then like the kids are kind of squabbling. And then this damn clown. It's like, why is this clown still in the room? The kid's afraid of it. And this crazy shit just happened. It should have gone to the dumpster. What are we doing here? Yeah, that would, that would that's an incinerator. Like when you get a giant box in a, in a horror movie and you know it's a good guy doll or yeah, an Annabelle exactly. doll yeah, in the incinerator. Exactly. Yes, yes. Speaking of, the guy who directed Annabelle was like a crew member on this. I forget what his job was, but he was the one. one of the, the first Annabelle? Said, yes. But he was one of the ones who said the Spielberg basically directed this movie. Hmm. Zelda Rubenstein, I think, gave credit to Toby and then Spielberg. No, Z- like, Zelda Rubenstein d- did not like Toby Hooper. She oh, said okay. he was high all the time. Okay, because yeah, one of the actors is like, oh yeah, Stephen kind of had to come in because Toby was always high. But then Stephen like did an open letter to Toby that was like, you did a great job. I don't know why I'm making Stephen Spielberg George Lucas, but that's my director. (laughs) Yeah, it's like that's a weird voice. I I have four impressions. You've listened to this podcast for eight years. You know this. It's like, uh, yeah, uh, congratulations on a great movie, Toby. You did a wonderful job. I can't wait to see what your next project is. And it's like, what? Why would this be a public? Why is this being done in public? This feels like because there was no Twitter back then, so they can't squash the beef on. On Twitter. Well, I, it's like I, the beef, it didn't seem like Toby had beef. It seemed like the Director's Guild had beef. And the Director's Guild was like, hey, you got to show contrition for the the screw up you've made, Stephen. Well, I think it's also that people were like, oh, he didn't, you know, I think there was there was beef because people were genuinely like content. Like there was 
they were like, well, Spielberg said he directed the movie. And like, they were, because someone like, he was quoted as being like, Toby Hooper is not like a take charge kind of guy. So I yes. gave my suggestions and he took them. Yeah. Yeah. Which like, you know, is code for like, I was involved heavily, obviously. Yes. Um, anyway, so we're back. At, like, there's this stupid clown. It immediately attacks Robbie. He, there's like some great stuff where he's like looking. At it's a great fake out reveal. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I mean, it's a classic, like, you look under the bed, just kidding, the monster's in the bed with you, but it's done perfectly here, obviously. Like in Ernest Scared Stupid with the <laughs> troll. Yeah, yeah. Or that great short film that got turned into a full-length movie with, like, the woman with the lights on. Oh, Lights oh. Out? Yeah, okay. I was like, it's light something. Um, I love short-form horror. Like, if you can give me a horror movie yeah. that's t- less than 10 minutes, I am yeah. sold. Yeah, it's There's it's a really one, great one. One good punch. Yeah, Crypt TV was really. They are. They've expanded a lot beyond this mm. now. They they used to be really good at like less than ten minute horror. The one thing they did was the thing in the apartment, and like the concept of it still chills me sometimes. It's like a woman in bed on her phone, and so like it's a dark room, and she's her face is lit up by like bright blue, and then she kind of she kind of realizes that like I can't with my phone so bright, I can't see what's in my room. Like if something's in my room with me. And she hears something and she just turns her phone around and there's a creature in her room in the dark. Oh, and man. I was like, I was like, and she freaks out. There's like, it's like, there's more, a lot more to it after that. Yeah. But I was just like, that concept is like, oh shit. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I don't like being in bed in the, I will, uh, I have the TV on and I'm on my phone because I won't do it <laughs> in the dark anymore. <laughs> um. So, he'll, so Robbie's getting attacked right in front of Carol Ann and then uh, the, the portal mom- opens. Yeah, the portal opens and it looks like very Evil Dead again. It's like just like an esophagus with like uh, later a tendril it, comes yeah, out of it. Yeah, like a tongue maybe. We can call it a tongue. Yeah, yeah, but it's very. It's not like tongue like. It's more like no snake it's tail. Thin. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> Mom Joe Beth Williams gets thrown around the room in Freddy fashion, like it pulls her shirt. It's up. a little sexual. Yes, it is. She. Does, it's like you see her in her underwear a lot, which is like very odd for the character of how this movie has been thus far. Mm-hmm. And she's getting like rolled around the room. It's obviously like a room on a gimbal, but it looks really cool. The kids are getting choked. But it's especially cool because there's like some furniture and like moving boxes on the ground. Yes. So like obviously they can be screwed down or whatever, but like there's just, yeah. it makes it feel that much more real. Yeah, exactly. That it's like nothing, you know, the bed too. Like, she, yeah, it's great. It's really good. I, I'm always, uh, I'm like you, always a sucker for that. It always works for me. Uh, so there's the a door in the kids' room is like, surrounded in ectoplasm on the outside it also it's like sort of between ghostbusters and evil dead i keep referencing other yeah things, it's, it's, like it's both. both those styles yeah so joe beth williams gets stopped by this giant is this yeah she gets stopped by this giant like mm-hmm. dog human creature the sp- spider it looks like jack skellington with a grosser face yeah sure that's a good that's a good uh jumping off point for it um, very, lim- very limmy yeah um and so she gets she, joe beth williams assuming that she's it's not a stunt person is like being thrown around this house and this yard. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Really getting her ass kicked. I, I, if it's a stunt person, kudos to the stunt person for getting their ass kicked this realistically. It's great. Yeah. I mean, she like touches the front door and gets thrown backwards. There's also a great spot where she like tries to go up the stairs and the railings like shoot sparks. It's like electrified. It's really great. Yeah. And then she slips in into the pool and just like poor thing tum- m- tumbles in the mud into this gross pool. And then she's surrounded by real live well she didn't know it real human skeletons yeah wait what are you saying they used real skeletons to film the movie yes and the yes. actress didn't know no not till after that seems 
incredibly crappy. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't. It's not. They're they're the skeletons are for like. It's not like they grave robbed. They got like science skeletons. I still, I'm just saying if I donated my body to science and then I later found out that they made poltergeist with it, I'm a movie nerd. So I'd be fine with it. But I feel like most people aren't going to be like, yeah, that's no, an appropriate scientific. Joe Beth Williams didn't know that they were skeletons. That's what I said. No, I know, but I'm just, I'm oh. speaking. I'm speaking See, I, I would rather be like, be able to donate my body to a movie. Like, if that's an option. <laughs> you want to be, like, that a very famous, uh, it's a real story, but, it, like, urban legend type story of, like, the spooky haunted house that had a real skeleton in it. Yeah, like, I want you, that. You want to be that? You want to scare children for at a morgue yeah, or whatever? Yeah, you can, like, like do like treat it however you need to to, like, dry me out or whatever you fucking do for <laughs> skeletons. But, like, put me in a movie or, or, honestly, you can throw me out of a plane if you need a, if you need a bag of soup. <laughs> Okay. Throw me out of a plane. That seems very unsanitary. I would much rather they fill a fake body with Jello. Well, yeah, but like I don't know. I'm the, I would. I use me for a movie. I want to be the first person who donated their body to the arts. Fuck science. I donate, I donate, donate it to the arts. To the arts. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Fuck STEM. <laughs> Uh, so mom, she falls in the pool, like we said. Uh, the skeletons start popping up. The skeletons popping up out of the ground and out of the water looks so awesome. I, this effect looks amazing. Because you 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 don't know if they're supposed to be moving or not. Like right. you're like, are they al- Is it supposed to be they're alive skeletons? Right, right. It's just very cool. Because they all keep like they come up, the door falls open, and then the skeleton sort of falls out, which is you know scary enough. But then it's like, oh, is the are we going to get like Evil Dead skeletons? And I think it's more effective here that they don't do that. But well, I meant more great. like the ones in the pool. Like they'll it's because yeah, they, they're yeah. they're just skellies. They're not like yeah. in a in a casket. So they'll pop yeah. up and their little jaw comes open. Yes, yes. And the one and sort it, of gets like an arm around her because she comes up underneath it. Yeah, really scary. So finally, the neighbors hear her. And they're like, what is happening? I'm out of here. Which, like, why do the neighbors have to show up in this sequence at all? Well, she's, like, screaming for help from them. Then she falls in the pool. Then they rescue her. And then she's like, come help me save my children. And the dude's like, absolutely not. (laughs) I mean, I'll be honest. I don't know that I would be. I wouldn't be a hero in this situation. (laughs) I just feel like, why did you come over? Your pool is full of skeletons, ma'am. Right. Like, right. I just be like, you know, I'm out. Yeah. Oh, so you're saying you like you heard this cries for help. You came in and then it was like, oh, too much for me. Yeah. I'll help you out of the pool, but like got your it, pool is full it. of skeletons. There's clearly something going on in your house. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. out. Yeah. It's a no yeah, for yeah. me, dog. Yeah. I mean, it seems crazy in the context of the movie, but I do understand what you're saying. Uh, so the gross giant esophagus is there. We get like a big shot of it in the kid's room. Um, and then we the get the cool hallway. Out. She runs up. She runs up the stairs and is like, get away from my children. And then the hallway with their, where their doors, like they're the, it's changed somehow. Okay. But it's like a stretching hallway, and she has to like oh, run a while down this. it. Okay, that's really cool. And then I love, Craig, I love when she gets the door open and she's like getting sucked into the room and like trying to reach for the kids. That's this is awesome. another one where I wonder if it was an upside down, like a sideways room. It could be, yeah, it would make sense because her because I'm like other the her being wired for this seems a lot more effort than yeah wired the other way for safety and just like drop her. Yeah, I don't know. It looks awesome as hell though. Oh yeah. And then Craig T. Nelson comes home, and when he gets to the front door, it sounds like a Star Wars battle. It does sound like a Star Wars battle upstairs. It's real laser pew, pew, pew. Uh, caskets are growing up all over the house, popping up they, out of the floor. There's a really great moment where, like, they get the front door open, and Craig T. Nelson, like, runs up to the door, and then the skeleton pops up and blocks it, and the door slams shut. It's, like, really great of the, like, they're trapped yeah. now. 
And then for some reason, Mr. Teague is with him. Like, I don't know I think, why. I, Mr. Think, I think he's being dropped off by Mr. Teague. Gotcha. Okay. Because he went to work. Yeah. Um, and so this is where Mr. Teague, he is like, you only move the headstones, you son of a bitch. Yeah. This guy deserved to get punched, and I was really disappointed that he didn't I mean, get punched. Frankly, Mr. Teague should have been the one affected by everything, not this yes. family. They didn't know yeah. shit. Yeah. I mean, it, I, you know, it's just that, like, their their daughter had the ESP or whatever. Yeah. Um, um, so the mom's running. This is the other Carol Ann doll where it's, like, stiff as a board <laughs> in her arms. Yeah. Uh, they get to the car. They get in. The, the Craig T. Nelson, tuna keys. I am a key minimalist, and I, I think there's probably, like, a part of my brain that's, like, a key minimalist because of horror movies, where it's, like, there is mm-hmm. never a problem, because I only have three keys at max on a key ring. It's, like, house, work, car, and See, that is m- it. my problem is I have, my, my, my apartment needs four keys. Yeah, too many keys. But that, it's, I can't change, it, it's, I would, I would front have, door locks. If I, if I was you, I would have a carabiner and the car key would be on its own thing and that would be on its own so I could disregard those keys. But if I, if you're talking about like trying to get into your house, that's a nightmare to me. Yeah. So I have two different front door keys, like an outdoor and an inner door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have, so they have their own little key cap so I can, gra- I can tell just by touch. Okay. Okay. Then there's a, a garage door key and a back door key. Yeah. That's a lot of keys for, for, if you're being chased by, you know, poltergeist, for example, that's a lot of keys. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't need a key. I don't need like I can unlock my car just by touching it. Yeah, as long as my I keys mean, are modern. Me, modern, so. modern cars are different, obviously. Yes, um, but they do a good. They they linger on his little butt as he's grabbing around, and reaching for it's keys. A, he so. looks great. He's got a real he's like, hot dad you know, energy. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, this whole sequence of the neighborhood like going crazy. It's just like so, this is almost like something out of the burbs. It's like so over the top, but somehow it feels it is. in the movie. It's really, really. But again, yeah. like if no one else in the neighborhood was affected by ghosts till now, like this is a lot. At the point at which my fire hydrant injects 12 feet of flame, I'm getting in the car and driving as far away as possible. Yeah. I want the like <laughs> the bewitched neighbor moment of like the fire hydrant is exploding fire. And the husband's like. You're making things up again, dear, as he's reading his paper. Newspaper, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would would be the the cut in the burbs, for sure. Yes. Uh, And then the house implodes on itself. Looks so awesome. I have no idea how they did this. I guess it looks like they made it out of like tin can material and then like put a vacuum in it. I don't, obviously, that's not how there's no way that that's how they did it. Honestly, it could be a miniature that could be sucked in by a shop vac, but it looks cool as hell. Uh, And then you get the. this this last shot is like so perfect for this movie. I really with love the TV. Both of this well, both where it's like the beleaguered family walking up to the motel. Craig T. Nelson can't find the keys, and the kid just like hands them over, and then the the door slamming shut, and then the TV like he opens the door, puts the TV outside, and then the camera pulls slowly back. So good. The only thing I would have I want for this is like the 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 foley of him yanking the cord out of the wall. Yes. Yeah. I wanted the cord dangling over the top of the TV because there's no cord visible. And that's the only thing I wanted that I didn't have. Yeah. I wanted a like the doink. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what did you think as a first timer? Okay. I really liked it. It's solid. I mean, it's, it's good. It's atmospheric. It's, it's definitely more atmosphere horror, which I like. Agreed. Yeah. 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 I, I have seen this a couple of times, but it played really great for me on this one. I, you know, it's, it's great performances all around from the whole family, including the kids, which is not often the case. Yeah. Um, love the practical effects, love everything about it. I think I would give this movie like a whole tick up and I know I don't, we don't let her grade here, but I would go like half a tick or more up if, if it was slightly re-edited. Cause I think the, I love the mayhem of the last 15 Verna minutes, passed but, away this year. So, 
Oh, yeah. Well, if only. Um, the I love the last 15 minutes in the mayhem, but just the way that it's paced with the false ending always messes with me. So that's my, yeah. that's my two cents. But it's a strong recommend for me. I agree. Same here. On HBO Max, uh, I assume all through the month of July uh, and maybe further, but at least through the month, month of July if you're listening to this when it comes out. Uh, really, really good movie. Really worth your time. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you want to get a hold of us, you can visit us on Facebook at Dissecting the 80s. We are on Twitter at Dissect the 80s, no I-N-G. Uh, if you haven't reviewed the show yet, please go do that. And then don't forget to visit us at patreon.com slash Dissecting the 80s. We have a ton of bonus content there at the $5 tier. I believe we're over 26 hours now of bonus content. Uh, we just put up a full-length episode on Stripes, which was pretty solid and funny, if you ask me. I know I made it, but I feel pretty well, <laughs> good about it. That was the end of uh, Listener Request Month. You get all sorts of perks at the, uh, and bonus episodes at the $5 tier. You get a custom RSS feed, so you can listen in any app, and you get all that content the minute you sign up, all the old stuff, all the new stuff. Uh, we've got another bonus episode coming up in September, and uh, yeah, go check that out. There's all sorts of great stuff there. Patreon.com slash Dissecting the 80s. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I've been Trip Lano. I will always be Andrew Lano. Until next time. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. <laughs> <laughs>